What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Scorching Hot Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Delaney, and I'm here joined, as always, by my good friend, Jay Greeno. And how are we doing today on this bright and actually pretty warm Friday afternoon? It's about time, bro. It's about time it warmed up. We're happy to be back, ready to talk some basketball. It's been a while, so there's plenty to talk about. Yes, sir. As I was say, we haven't been here in a hot minute, so... Obviously, there's a lot to catch up on. You know, we got certain players doing well, certain teams doing well, certain teams not doing well. Rumors flying all over the place. It is, as always, a hectic moment in the NBA. Um, Start off with the team I think that is the most hectic uh, is Utah Jazz. We're going to just hop right into them because, you know, obviously they're the talk of the league right now. They have a league best best record by a very, very wide margin. with really no stop in sight, they've been dominant. You know, had a 19 out of 20 game win streak at one point. Um, what's your thoughts on them, and what it, do they actually have a legitimate chance to contend for a championship this year? It's based off both their previous playoff experiences and what they're doing now. You actually spoiled something I had for you. I was actually going to ask you, um, what team do you think is, you know, I don't know if they're the only team, but they're one of the only teams, if not the only team, that's top 10 in offensive and defensive rating, which is an incredible feat. They're second in defensive rating and fourth in offensive rating, so whether or not you believe in all that advanced stats is no, 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 I up agree. to you. But um, I, I do think they're a championship contender, and I think the reason why they're so good is because if you think about it, Think about every other team in the Western Eastern Conference. They're one of the only teams that has stuck with their core group over the past, like, what, three years, four years? You know what I mean? Yeah. They have the same Outside guys. Outside of Conley. Outside of Conley. Exactly, but they have the same guys in Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Kind of. But they have, you know, they have Spida, they have Gobert, they have Bogdanovich, they have, you know, Royce O'Neal, and, you know, that just goes to show that in, you know, this day and age in the NBA where everybody's flying around that, Consistency does matter sometimes, you know what I mean? I think that's a huge part of it. I, was gonna say, I want to talk about him for a second, Royce O'Neal, because I feel like he is a very... <laughs> like you saw me the other day when I was at, I, at work, you know, off the side, watching Royce O'Neal defensive highlights. On the clock. On the clock. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, I think his, his efforts, like, there's guys like him that don't uh, impact the stat sheet it, it, like a uh, points standpoint, you know, you see certain players, like you'll see Jordan Clarkson, you know, you go after the Jazz game, you'll go look at the stat sheet, and you'll be like, damn, he just dropped 27 points and had two assists. Nothing against Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> but, like, he knows his role on the team. Exactly. And same thing with Royce O'Neal. Like, he knows that role to be that 3 and D guy. You know, he doesn't have to be the guy that creates his shot because they already got a guy that does that. Um, but he's that versatile defender, that glue guy, where – He's arguably one of the most valuable players on that team, you know. And then we we didn't even bring up Joe Ingles, who kind of plays like in that similar role too, you know, versatile three yeah, D type of guy. Mm-hmm. So like, and he's been Uncle on, Joe on, driving on, the bus, uh, Uncle Joe, and he's been one of those guys. He's been there arguably longer than pretty much anybody else except Rudy Gobert. I'd yeah, say he's I mean, been there since the get go. So you know, you got you got the experience of that. You have versatility with O'Neal uh, and Joe Ingles and guys like them, like. It's just the only issue is that every other time, you know, the Jazz have gotten off to a fairly hot start, they found mm-hmm. a way to, like, flounder either down the stretch or in the playoffs. Like blowing a 3-1 lead? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately for them. I mean, aside from, I'd say aside from the year that they, uh, the 2017 Donovan Mitchell's rookie year, where I think they overperformed. Like, I wouldn't say they yeah, overperformed. That was, mm, but that but was, they did, though, because they're led by a rookie. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, they were led by a rookie. You know, they're led by, led by Donovan Mitchell, you know, and no one was really expecting him to go off like he did, but then he ended up just balling out. Of course. And so now you're, but now he's had that playoff experience the past couple of years. You know, they haven't really done anything outside. Of, they haven't done anything outside of the first round, if I can remember correctly. So it's just, and that's, and the only thing is too, is what the Western Conference it is so loaded. Like you can yeah. get one through, you can get arguably one through ten, even eleven, and they're all like, they are all just so talented. And it's just talent across the board. Exactly. And meanwhile, in the East, there's like eight teams in play for like, you know, let's see, uh, Pacers, Raptors, Knicks, Bulls, Hornets, Celtics, Heat, Hawks. You know, are all within two games of each other. So you know, there's that. I don't know if you were aware of that, but it's it's yeah, crazy it's, how tight it is. So. And it's all teams that no one really expected to be in this sort of playoff mix. Yeah, except you for know, the Celtics. But well, we'll no talk one expect, about that later. No one expected the Celtics <laughs> to be that poor and how they yeah. are. But you know, the Celtics. Yeah, I'm sure Dave would have something to say if he was with us on that one. But we'll yeah, it, that. yeah, yeah, he'll be back soon. But if you want to move on to another team, I actually there is another team that's top ten in offensive and defensive rating. 
Is that the Phoenix Suns? It's the Phoenix Suns. That's seven and eight, bro. Seven That's what eight. I figured. Because I know, because everyone's... Now, this is my whole thing, because we'll talk about the All-Star game later on. Chris Paul, for him to not be on the All-Star team would have been a tragedy. A tragedy? It would have been a tragedy. I've been seeing people talk bad about... Not talk bad about Chris Paul, but, you know, say, oh, how is he an All-Star? He averages, what? Nah, he averages, like, 16-7 or some medi- like mediocre stats. And those are the type of people that don't actually watch the games. Mm-hmm. Casuals. Watching, casuals. Casuals. <laughs> casuals. When you were watching Chris Paul on this Phoenix Suns team, you understand why they made that trade this offseason. Mm-hmm. And it's no slight to Ricky Rubio or Kelly Oubre Jr., but you took a team that has one of the worst defenses in the NBA, one of the better offenses, if not the best offense, or I wouldn't say the best offense last year, but one of the better offenses in the NBA, and then you had a guy like Chris Paul, who's not only you know playmaking-oriented, can get you a bucket, shot creator, but he's also very defensive minor oriented He's been a multiple all-defensive team member. You know, you give him and you give his defensive knowledge off to a guy like Mikael Bridges, who's already a defensive monster to begin with, mm-hmm. and he becomes now one of the most complete and versatile defenders in the NBA. Him and Cam Johnson have really come into their own. Cam Johnson. And you can even say, and I know a lot of people have been saying, you know, DeAndre hasn't performed as well. DeAndre has still been a very good player for what they need for him right now. They don't need him to go out and drop 25 and 12 every single night like they may have needed to do his second year. He That's it, why they it, drafted it, that rookie, right? Yeah, I, would, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and what's that rookie doing right now? He's doing absolutely nothing. nothing I'm still, nothing. I'm still, I, I, that's, this is for another day. I'm still tight that they passed on Tyrese Halliburton. I knew it was going to be a mistake, and here it is. I think everybody that had the chance to draft Tyrese Halliburton is pretty tight that they passed except on like, Tyrese I would say, except like the, the people who had the top three pick. And the Bulls, I think right. that the Bulls did a good no, job. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm saying as, but like, as he started around, to fall, though. Yeah, around that eight range, you got to take it. But besides the point, the Suns look very good. And the one thing we should mention, too, with both the Suns and the Jazz teams, they have two of the best coaches in the NBA, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not a slight to say Quinn Snyder and Monty Williams are two of the better coaches in the NBA. You know they're very it, both experienced. You know Monty Williams maybe not as much with his new team because but he does have you know previous experience with guys like Chris Paul, mm-hmm. guys like DeAndre Ayton, guys like Devin Booker and um, the, some of these other role players that they have on that team as well. Galloway and Etwan Moore, Frank Kaminsky, Frank the Tank. <laughs> He's actually Frank been okay. The tank. He's Frank actually... the Tank is playing so much better than I thought he was. Gonna. Well, I mean I don't know about you, but I would take seven and four. Two assists in 15, in 15, 16 minutes. You know, he started 10 games, too, which is, you know. Yeah, and the most underrated thing I think about Frank Kaminsky is, is uh, his passing, too. Yeah. If you're watching his passing, him and Mikhail Bridges have such a very good connection. I'll put it on the record, poor man's Jokic. Put it on a t-shirt. Very poor man's Jokic. We're talking like, we're talking like Sam's Homeless. Club. Yeah. <laughs> Homeless Jokic. <laughs> But, no, Frank, Frank has played a lot better. And, you know, these teams, I guess, they, the Suns and the Jazz are kind of like, they're, I wouldn't say, because, I mean, as a Suns fan, I thought we were going to go into the year probably around, like, a four or five seed. So, like, this isn't in, incredibly surprising. I do think the Jazz performing how they are, I think that is a little bit surprising because I wasn't expecting them to kind of go out. Only six losses, 26 and six. Right. I wasn't expecting the Jazz to go out and kind of dominate the way they have been. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, it's good to see kind of like a small market team like them kind of just dominate. I'm t- and it's the continuity, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. You're, because that's what you're noticing is a lot of teams that have stuck together or kept their core players throughout the course of the years have been, you know, they're playing pretty well together. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, have teams like the Brooklyn Nets who, you know, their new big three. You know, they when you have the, you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden on the team, we know what to expect. Even with just Kyrie and James Harden, as we've seen by their recent stretch. Do you like, think they're going to win the East? You want to move on to that? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I the East is. I don't think. I just hope they don't see the Sixers because if 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 they see the Sixers, who's Dean up Joel Embiid? I'm going on. A, I'll just say <laughs> this right now: the the NBA champion this year is not coming at the Eastern Conference. It's not. Coming yeah, at no, the Eastern. I I would I would agree. But whoever wins the Western Conference Finals should consider themselves Western Conference, like the the championships in the NBA. Unless they're the Clippers, but. Yeah, the Clippers. Yeah, the, Cl- the Clippers can do it. We know. We know the, what's going to happen with the Clippers. The Clippers going to get to the second round and they're going to get swept again. They're not swept. They're better not see the Serbian big man. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. In their whole life. But I don't know. The Eastern Conference is just a mess right now. I do. I do think the Sixers have been easily like the most complete team so far. Obviously, the Nets are still like they haven't. That's the thing though with the Nets. So they haven't had like a full. They haven't had any sort of continuity yet. They haven't had really all their big three on the court all together except for like two games against the Cavs. Yeah. You know, Durant's been out for a little while. Um, when he wasn't out, Kyrie was out for a little bit. So when they when they are able to actually get it all together. Then I think it'll be a little bit more interesting. I think then they'll then they'll see more results with that. 
But obviously, you know, right now they're on a eight-game winning streak. So right. then again, that's what I'm saying. If they if they catch fire at the right time, like I I really they're just gonna outscore everybody. You know what I mean? So I think that the really only threat to them in the Eastern Conference is the 76ers. You know what I mean? And then if they get to the finals, and that's I would we'll say see. that's also regarding another team making a move, aka the Celtics. If they can, right. the Celtics if the Celtics can make a move and right their ship, then maybe they'll be back in contention. Right now, that Celtics team is just abysmal. It's. It's it's sad, man. Like Kemba, Kemba's good against bad teams, but if he plays any sort of decent defense, he's just you know inept. Unfortunately, you know what I mean. I hate to say it, it's my favorite player, but that's what injuries do, man. You know what I mean. For small guys, something happens to you, like Isaiah Thomas with his hip. You know what I mean. You rely on your athleticism a lot of the time and your quickness, and you know now that his knee is kind of boggled from that injury last year, he just doesn't look the same. So. And not to mention, too, the Celtics, obviously, the Celtics started out really well. You know, they started out right near the top of the Eastern Conference. Who Thanks got, to Jalen Brown. And, but who got hurt on their, on that Celtics team that still hasn't came back yet? Marcus Smart. And where has the Celtics gone ever since Marcus Smart has been out? Down the toilet. Down the chute. <sighs> It's it. I know it's it's they've fallen off defensively. The only thing I'm I'm worried about when Marcus Smart coming back is he's gonna see all the rumors about oh the Celtics need a you know a, a third score or a fourth score and then he's gonna think that it's still okay to take all these green jump light shots. green yeah. light green light Marcus. Yeah. I've I have watched since he's been drafted. You know I, everyone's like oh he's great he's great he's great but his shot selection sucks and I, I've watched him get better. But he just he just hasn't gotten there. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> just, he, just like, his his shooting and his like his offensive talent has certainly increased. You know, I remember last year the game I went to when they faced Phoenix, he had like ten threes, and I was like, where the hell did this come he from? He teases you, man. He teases you. But he, then he also at the same time shot like thirty shots that game, and I was like, <laughs> why is Marcus Smart shooting so much? Green light, Mister Green Light. So, <laughs> it, it you know Danny Age is obviously sitting on that big ass trade exception. Mm-hmm. You know. Whether what he's going to do with that, who he's going to package up with that, I don't know. If they're even going to use it at this point, I don't know. I, very... I would say he should have used it at the beginning of the season, but then again, like no one expected Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson to, to be this bad. You know what I mean? Like I thought they were going to be serviceable, at least. At, at, at the very least, being pessimistic, but they've just been kind of disappointing. Not And not using it to get that Indiana trade for Miles Turner and... <laughs> Doug McDermott. Who have had great seasons. Who, yeah, who have both, you know, Miles Turner is a front runner for Depoy. And yeah. Doug McDermott, we know what Doug McDermott's capable of, just that, that three, 3D guy off the bench. Those would have been perfect right now for the Celtics. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Oh, that would have no. been perfect. And, like, you know, the, you know this it's it's a it's a team effort, obviously, but right now it feels like there's just a two-man show out there with, like, you know, spare contributions from guys like, you know, Paint Pritchard and... You know, you have Tristan Thompson occasionally have a nice game. And then, you know, Kemba Walker, you know, sometimes will shoot horrendously, but then he'll make up for it in another game. But without their two guys performing, the team's basically a waste, right? Exactly. <laughs> waste. You know, we've, we've gotten away with, like, spare parts on our bench for way too long. And it's because of guys like Al Horford or, you know, IT or the offensive firepower of Kyrie or Kemba. And now that, you know, we don't have Kemba and, and Marcus Martin is out, it's like, who do, you, who do you turn to? You know what I mean. But, like you got Grant Williams throwing up shots. Like please, you know what I mean. And I don't think, and I don't think it's a major move that needs to be made for the Celtics either. Like you know, I think when Marcus Smart gets back, I think the team's going to start performing fairly better. You just, I feel like you need another, but you don't need another playmaker scorer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just someone yeah. who can. It doesn't have to be anybody crazy. It could literally, it could be a guy like a George Hill. You could have like a guy like a George Hill who's experienced and we know is capable mm-hmm. of playing well as, as like shown in the past seasons in Milwaukee. He's a good basketball player. Stick him and have him as like a reliable combo guard off your bench. Either that or a guy like Terrence Ross. Mm-hmm. I think like Evan Fournier in Orlando. Orlando should be looking to ship off their guys. They're sitting at 13th yeah. right now. They're 13 and 20. They're not going to make and If I they make it to the playoffs, we know they're not going to do anything because they haven't done anything as the 8th seed for the last two years. And I don't think Vucevic is the uh, is the answer either. We do not need another big man who can't play defense. You know what I mean? So. I agree. And, why, and that's what I mean, though. You don't also need to you know ship off your you know multiple first-round picks and you know young guys to get a guy like Vucevic. Like, you could, like, if you want to if you want to part ways with a pick and somebody else, yeah. that's fine. But you don't need to. I don't think the making a, you know, a ginormous splash and going off mm-hmm. and getting Vucevic is something that's necessary either. Someone's going to take a, like, someone would take a flyer on Romeo Langford, you know what I mean, who was like a top high school prospect. Yeah. Some, he's hurt, but, you know, yeah. someone would take a flyer on a guy. Uh, like I mean, I think the Celtics, I don't think the Celtics should trade him because I think he's going to, like, when he plays, I think that he's going to turn out to be a very good 
reliable guy. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of him staying on the court. That's the only issue. Mm-hmm. But like looking at some of these teams that are in the bottom feeder, like I would say anybody from one to twelve is in playoff contention right now. Even the Wizards, who are seven and three in the last ten, you know they're starting. You to got turn. Bradley Beal and you know Russell Westbrick. Russell, you're, you're you're in the hunt, man. You know anybody in the East? I feel like is aside from the the Magic, the even the even Magic, the Cavs, <laughs> even the Magic, even the Magic. I would even consider like technically in playoff contention, but they shouldn't do anything because all their guys are hurt this year, anyways. You know they all their you know you got Ji who's hurt, so it's not like they they don't need to contend for anything. So if they were to ship off a guy like a Fournier or a Terrence Ross, the Celtics should actively be pouncing on that. Seriously, even, I don't even think the Cavaliers are that bad. Even the West, here's you know here's a guy who could keep your eye on too, Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo should be on that move on the hunting. This unit. poor guy, man. This poor guy. Well, He's become I, a journeyman it, so fast. And it's not his fault. I mean, they're the them, the Kings, and the Timberwolves. All one and nine in their past ten. Buddy healed. Well, Buddy healed can't really the, pay the, deep, but. the Kings did say that Harrison Barnes was off the table. So he'd that's be, that would, would be, be tough. Perfect. Because I would say that's like your perfect that would be a perfect acquisition for this. Yeah. But uh you know, the Kings have a couple of veterans on their team that they could look to unload because, you know, in favor of the young guys like Halliburton and Magley and stuff, you know, just progressing them along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you could look into a team like the Timberwolves, maybe seeing if they, what they have to offer. I mean, even though their team is full of mainly young guys to begin with, so they don't really have a lot of vets to ship off. We don't, I don't, we don't I, need Malik Beasley. He's going to get into too much trouble in Boston. So Yeah, exactly. He's already gotten himself in a little bit respect. too much trouble. I'll do respect. I'll do respect. Respectfully, he's gonna get himself in way too much trouble. Um, but like a team like the Rockets, who have a bunch of veterans on their team, and a guy like Victor Oladipo, I think would be really nice coming off. You know, I don't know how receptive he'd be playing off the bench, because I feel like probably having Smart in the starting lineup, I feel like that might be a little bit better for the Celtics. Right. But you could, I mean, I, I think either of them are, like, interchangeable at this point. And, like I said... I mean, for what Oladipo used to be, like, you know, if he's any fraction of what it, what it what he used to be coming off the bench, I would take that all day, man. You know what I mean? Like, they got Chase on Tate. They don't even need him. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> yeah. They got Tate. I mean, I don't know what Eric Gordon's I mean, deep, stats are like. I averaging Gord- 18, a steal, five assists, five rebounds. And we know that he's, minutes. you know, he's capable of playing good defense. You know, he's he's been a... He's been considered as one of the better perimeter defenders. Guess what he's shooting from three, though? Probably like 28%. Yeah. Is he really? 28. <laughs> 28.2, man. But Yikes. I mean, that's who we got Neesmith for, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's if, he played, that's if he gets on the court either. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, I don't think that's necessarily needs to be a big splash that's made for the Celtics. But, you know, something like something that's manageable and you can have like a little bit more just like depth come the playoff time because we know how important that's going to be. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, especially if you saw last year with a team like Denver that made it that far, that how they basically have like two starting lineups into one team or had. I don't know if they, I mean, now they're kind of do yeah, still. but they're kind of shallow. They're a little bit more shallow now. I wouldn't even can say they're that much more shallow. I mean, they added Composo and he's like a big rotation guy now. He's a yeah, 30 year old rookie, right? Yeah, he's like one of those. He's like when uh, Melos Teodosic was in the NBA a couple years ago with the Clippers. Oh yeah, kind of like I miss him, man. Call, he's like trying to fall in that same same role with him. And then you know the, the Nuggets still have guys like Jamal who balled out the other night. Had fifteen. He had thirty four yesterday too. Jokic, Will Barton, Michael Michael Porter Jr. Jamal's been kind of inconsistent, but I really think he's he's banged up. I don't know if you saw, but something came out like earlier in the season and it said that. His shoulder hurt every time that he shot the basketball. Well, that's a little concerning. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like no one's gonna do anything about that. That's slightly concerning. Right. Yeah, I just really think like I, we probably talked about this before the season even started, but I really think they should have tried to keep Jeremy Grant and not Paul Millsap. Like if there was any way to make that work, you know, get rid of Gary Harris. Well, it sounded contract. like it sounded like Grant wanted to leave and just become like his own his own guy. Yeah, which is really interesting too. It's that you bring that up because Jeremy Grant has had such a weird and interesting like career arc to this mm-hmm. date. He got drafted, what, seven years? He was same the same draft as Julius Randle. Went to Q's, right? What's up? He went to Q's, right? Yeah, he went to Syracuse, played under Jim Beheim. Yeah. Got drafted the second round by the Sixers, I think. Because mm-hmm. he was on like those he was on like those process. And he was like your, yeah, he was like your Derek Jones Jr. type, you know what I yeah. mean? Like a, like a high flyer. Like no one really knew much about him. Yeah. Because he wasn't like and he wasn't like a reliable shooter by any means back then like he was a little bit more like in the paint type of guy and then he played with russ and okc for right? a little bit and then he moved on to denver where he became more of like a little bit more of a household name and then now he's in detroit just absolutely balling which makes sense though because last year in the playoffs like he proved like yeah he actually could be an offensive weapon too yeah mm-hmm. he, he proved that in the playoffs like he can be in the he can be in like a nice little weapon and he he used to like he used to like 
be a, a bad shooter, you know, relatively speaking, mm -hmm. coming out of college. And now, you know, the last three years, he's shot over 37%. So, you know, I'll take that from a guy who couldn't shoot to begin yeah. with. You know and now I mean? he's averaging, what, 24 a game? Something like that? 23, yeah. 23? Yeah. Basically carrying a nine wins piston. <laughs> Which, I mean, they, they didn't really have much to compete with anyways other than the first pick of the draft. But To be honest, I think, I don't know, if I'm him, I'm going to get bored. Yeah, I got paid. Yeah, I'm hoofing. But, you know, after a while, I want to win. If they, can, I mean? if they can put something around him yeah. while he's there, because he's, he's on for the books for, I think, another two or three years after this. So you put you could put something around him, but it's all that's all basing off of your development and who you draft this year. I mean, the, the draft class is pretty loaded this year. It looks like yeah, we're talking about the Pistons, though. So. We are talking about the Pistons. You know, they haven't made the most, the brightest decisions over the past decade or so. Yeah, but they're in a, they're in a weird spot. Other like than Henry Ellenson, you remember that guy? Oh, oh man! <laughs> oh man! Oh my God! That man was oh, that's the taking a trip down memory lane. I don't like that. I forgot about. I him. mean, they, they they oh this year they did a good job. They, they killed their draft this year. I mean, uh, aside from well, we haven't really seen a whole lot of Killian Hayes because I know he's hurt right now but too. I say the students Sadiq Bay are, are good. Bay's Sadiq Bay is legit. He's a legit player. And Dwayne Casey. That's, that's good, at Villanova. You, take note. Take note. <laughs> if you're if you are a NBA GM and you see a player from Villanova, look into him because Villanova has put a ton of nice. Kyle talent. Lowry, Mikhail Bridges. We got Lowry, Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Divincenzo went to off him. last night against mm -hmm. the Pelicans. Um... Oh, who else am I thinking of? What's his name? Sadiq Bay, obviously. Mm -hmm. They've had a lot of guys, even just from that, that Josh Hart, too. Josh Hart, Ryan Archidiacono. Or, mm -hmm. I'm definitely Archidiacono. Yeah. Yeah, same same thing. Regardless. The UNC killer. They put, they put a bunch of NBA-ready talent into the uh, into the draft. Mm -hmm. It's just that Jay Wright. Jay Wright, that Jay Wright mentality. They, they actually haven't done a terrible job drafting. I mean... Chris Middleton and Andre Drummond, KCP, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie in the second round was kind of nice. Yeah, Stanley Johnson. Yeah, that's this is where it starts going downhill a little Luke bit. Luke Kennard. Though. But, I mean, Bruce Brown. I think, I don't know if it's a product of their drafting or more product of their bad general, like, bad decision-making. Player, player development, they, maybe. Yeah, they, they just trade a lot of their first round But Dwayne Casey, I love Dwayne Casey, so I think he's a great hire for them. So I think that... It'll turn around, you know. Eventually, I mean, those young guys. They can't be trash forever, mm -hmm. unlike unlike some teams like exactly. the Suns. But they're turning around now, so it's okay. So, um, do we think Bradley Beal staying in Washington or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot of. That's yeah, it's kind of settled it. down. Yeah, especially now that they're winning again, ish, a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, he just strikes me as a guy who doesn't want to leave either, though. Yeah. Like I think if he wanted to leave, he would have said it by now. Even you know, I mean, they could. They could turn around and say, hey, we're going to trade him, but I don't think so. I think right now, especially with like the East being as close as it is, like we were saying, you know, second place, fourth place in the East right now is 500. 13th place in the East is just below 400. Yeah. That's so sad. Like I said, 11th is two games behind fourth. But, you know, we can say the same thing for the West because fifth place in the West is just below 600, and then 12th place is just above 400. So it's like not too much of a drop off there either. It's like five games that separates from the fifth seed all the way down to the twelfth seed. Unreal. Like it's it's cool though. Like it's cool. It shows that there's a lot of balance now, at le or at least for now until the playoffs come along. I'm just surprised that the you know like I guess I don't know if it's Curry or what, but the the Warriors are doing a hell of a job of you know treading water without Clay. I think it's a testament to like those those tweener guys. Wiggins has played very well this year for yeah. his role, which I. I don't want to be that guy. I call it that. <laughs> I call it that. <laughs> like, because, you know, when he's in Minnesota, yeah. he's forced to be the guy who's got to take all the perimeter shots. Yeah. I don't think that's, like, his niche. It's just crazy. I mean, I mean, their fifth, sixth, and seventh, like, their fifth, sixth, and seventh guy are Eric Pascal, Kent Bazemore, and Marquise Chris. Uh, Marquise Chris hasn't really played, so I guess Damian Lee, but. You got da and you got Draymond, too. Draymond just knows his role, though. He knows yeah. he's not scoring the ball. Mm -hmm. Except when he's trying to throw up, like, half-court shots to, to win the game. When it's, like, he's, he's really great, though, like, as far as, like, Taking guys under his wing, like I'm, I think he's a big part of that. Like I, he's a great locker room presence. As much of like for sure. as an ass as he can be, no pun intended with the donkey joke. But um, <laughs> but you know, that was a good one. <laughs> I didn't mean anything by it, Draymond. If you if you ever hear this, <laughs> sorry, Draymond. No, nah, but he's like I he's definitely I would consider him to be kind of like underrated like in his rank now because I feel like a lot of people look at him and they're like. 
oh, it's just a guy, it's just a guy who's averaging, you know, five points, seven rebounds. Like, ah, uh, I used really to be doing? like that. I, I used to not understand the impact. But you watch, you watch him play, and like, you know, I, it's a lot of things that he does verbally that a lot of players don't do. You know, it's there was a really good clip I saw of the there was a game-ending sequence. I I don't remember what team it was against. And you see him just communicating with every single one of his players on the court before and during while the play's going on, and they couldn't like the the team couldn't even force up a shot to win the game. Like it's stuff like that. It's just the small things that like it's guys like him and Royce O'Neal we're talking about. Like those are, those are the guys that like are winners and winning basketball players. Mm-hmm. That would, I, there's there's those two championships. I really don't think they don't happen without him. No. You know what I mean? Like as as talented as KD, Clay, and, and Steph are. Draymond's the voice, you know he what is. I mean. So he's a guy who's not afraid to do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. You know, you need exactly. people, you need players. Every every team's gonna have a player that's not afraid to do like that type of dirty work. I honestly like if if the Warriors don't win anytime soon, I think you know if Draymond ever leaves Golden State, I think he could ring trade ring chase and you know be a great addition to any championship. He could go team. down and like be like one of those Robert Horry type players after he, mm-hmm. after like he just wouldn't. I don't. I can't see him leading Golden State though. Just yeah, I mean how, how like his presence there. But they're doing good though. Like the Warriors, is, like they're still keeping afloat. You know, Curry's been doing his thing. Like we said, Wiggins is playing better than most people expected. Oubre. Kelly Oubre started off really slow, but he's starting to pick it up now. I think over the month of February, he's averaged Steph's teammate. eighteen seven. Steph's teammate. You know Steph's teammate, right? Who? Juan Toscano oh, Juan. Anderson. Yeah. yeah the, oh yeah, with well, the the celebration. Yeah, who, who was it? Who was a Bleacher Report? Yeah. Some someone tweeted and said, you Bleacher know, Report sucks. St- Steph's teammate knew it was going in before. Yeah. It's like, like come he on. has a name. He has come a name. On. Do it's just for the clicks. You gotta include Steph's name. He in the plays twenty clicks. minutes a game. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, but they don't care. What are we doing here? They don't care. Unreal. They don't care. They just they they see Steph in the highlight. They're like, gotta put his name in there. Not here. We give credit to players who deserve the credit, and Juan deserves his credit here. Not Steph Curry. Steph Curry hasn't done anything for that Warriors team. You happy that that <laughs> deep, deep look? Yeah, right. <laughs> Brad Wanamaker is the real reason. Yeah, exactly. Brad Wanamaker is the reason why that Warriors team is afloat right now. Are you happy D Book is in the All Star game now? Are you are you less upset or I'm still salty about it? Still still pain. Still a little salty about yeah. it. Are you think anybody else got snubbed? I I mean I, I would say I'll say Devin Booker got snubbed because I think he should have been in regardless. I don't think Zion yeah. should have been. I don't think Zion should have been in this year. Mm-hmm. Or if so, I think that Chris Paul should have been in as like the replacement. I think Devin Booker definitely deserves it over Chris Paul as much as I talked about Chris Paul earlier. Right. Devin Booker deserves it over him, but they both should be in the All Star game together because of how good that Suns team is. Mm-hmm. Not to mention every other team that's above them. And the Suns have like the fifth best. Uh, they did have the fifth best record. Now with the Nets kind of going off, it's it's a little bit different. But they they're still a top four team in the West, and so I feel yeah. like they should have. Especially with the progress and the development they've had, and every other team has, you know, two or borderline two all stars that have that, that yeah. kind of record. So exactly. Besides the Bucks, but so any other, yeah, any other team that's got twenty or over, except yeah, except Milwaukee has two all at least two all stars in there. So, mm-hmm. um, the only other player that I can think of that I think got snubbed was Sabonis, Demonis Sabonis. I think that's the only other player I think that got snubbed. He didn't make it. No, nah, Demonis Sabonis didn't make it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I think Vucevic made it over him. So, and I, I like I that's, said, that's 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 wrong. That's good stats. Like Vucevic is good, but that's good stats. Yeah. Bad team over a guy who's good stats on a on a good team. You know what I mean? Sabonis averaged like twenty one ten, and and he's he's he's, he's averaging like five or six assists too. Yeah, like he's doing it all for them. I don't. I admitting him and putting I can't even believe that. I didn't even like. Like I can. Uh, I guess I can understand it slightly, but I don't think that it was the right choice. I think that they should have been. I, it should have been Sabonis over him, but like mm-hmm. I can kind of understand putting Vucevic in because Vucevic has been very good. I, and to be fair, he's kind of like even it. though the Magic team sucks, like he's at least carrying it. Yeah, I get it. Did you know Zion's only averaging seven rebounds a game? Does no, that seem low to you? That doesn't. Uh, no, that seems about right. Cause I, I don't know. Cause they they have so many big bodies on that Pelicans team. You know, you got you got guys like Stephen Adams and yeah. Jackson Hayes and Willie Hernan Gomez. Yeah, well, he's actually playing a lot now too. Yeah. So like they, I can kind of understand it, but. It's, it's because Jackson Hayes has kind of not been that great. He still needs to develop more. He's still a little bit too raw. He's especially on the defensive end. He's a little bit too trigger happy with as far as fouling goes. Yeah, I was watching him play the other night. And he's a little bit like I don't know if it's I can't say the same if it's for every single game that he plays, but he's you know very trigger happy, you know very physical, which isn't a te- terrible thing. You just have to be more observant, I guess. And you have to be just about what's going on. Yeah. But I don't know that that I like I do like that Pelicans team though they played really well last night aside from that last. Um, 
He was the shot. eighth pick, though. You know what I mean? It's he was. Like... Yeah. He's also, he's still, you know, he's still young, too, though. Like, he's yeah. only, tw- like, 20 years old. So I just he's always have time. a, like, tough time, man. Like, if in the lottery, like, getting a guy who's, like, potential and you could use that help now, you know what I mean? Like, I, hindsight's twenty twenty. I get it, but... Yeah, you know I mean, it's just looking back, just like damn. Yeah, but. I mean, you could consider if you were talking about the Pelicans, I guess you could consider a guy like Ingram a, a bust. But I would, I wouldn't say that. I would still take Zion over Ingram as far as terms of impact this year. Yeah, I think Zion's, you know, he's he's got a, like, a snub, he, right? Not not a bust. What's up? You said a bust. Yeah, that's why I'm at snub. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking we're talking about Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is a bust. You bust. heard it here. <laughs> bust. No, I think that Ingram Ingram could have been like uh, a little bit of a snub. You know, yeah, I, I think a guy like Shady Gilgis Alexander could have been considered a snub. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, if we're talking snubs, then they got to make an entire another team. they got to make right. an entire another all-star exactly. team. Because if we're talking guys like that guy actually snubbed, you know, there's, I only feel like there's one guy. I think for the most part they did right. Because I think that Zach Levine should have been an all-star. Mm-hmm. I think that Julius Randle should have been an all-star. I think that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum should have been all-stars, even though the Celtics team is underperforming. Mm-hmm. In the West, I do think that Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell should have been in. Um, you know, the guys like the, the, the guys that were some people considered on the fence. I think that maybe another guy who was a little bit snub was DeMar DeRozan. Cause I want to talk about that Spurs team. Cause that Spurs team is so much better than people giving credit for. I don't see yeah. the Spurs team in, in the news at all, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. I love that Spurs team. That's there. They are 16. And 12. It's, it hurts me as a Suns fan because we're supposed, I'm supposed to hate the Spurs, but they are a very, very likable team between DeRozan and DeJounte Murray, who's mm-hmm. turning into a really good player. Keldon Johnson's having an incredible. A lot of young guys doing work for that team. Man. That that young wing core, and I said th- I said this when we were t- Lonnie Walker. Yeah, I said this when we were starting um before like when we we did a we did our last episode how like exciting that young trio like that Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, and Devin Vassell like that's gonna be a really fun core of wings because that's I can understand why they're building it like that. Yeah, very very like cool young core of wings to follow around too. Not to he plays this. he plays a lot of those guys too. He plays you know, he plays Drew Eubanks, he plays Trey Lyles, he plays Jakob Jakob Pertle. Jakob Pertle's is actually a pretty good rip protector yeah. too. He's 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 t- starting to turn things things around too. Yeah. You know, even guys like, you know, Patty Mills. He's still getting like they're still getting the vets and they have a really nice blend of like young guys who could you know who could use those minutes and then like those veterans that are trying to help like push them to success too because i wrote them off i didn't think that they were going to compete for much i, I didn't think aldridge was going to come back to be anything special to be honest yeah i didn't i would it, same thing with the rosen i was kind of expecting DeRozan to take a little bit of a step back this year and like find himself in trade talks but here the spurs are fifth in the west i mean sixth in the west you know season ends today they're they have a pl- firm playoff spot mm-hmm. you know it's they did they have had a little bit of time off recently so you know it's gonna be interesting to see how they are when they come back but that spurs team is I mean, it's it's greg popovich it's Greg Popovich doing his thing mm-hmm. again. He's 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 that he's just the the wonder man. Last year was the first season they they missed the playoffs in like what twenty years or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Ever since Tim Duncan was drafted, probably that's all he needed, man. You know, he he probably got these guys together, these young guys, man. Like if you if you get a fire lit on any of them, they're gonna buy into you. You know what I mean? As long as they believe in yeah, you. Yeah, so. and that was the thing they did in the in the in the bubble too. Like they didn't, they weren't crazy in the bubble, but he gave time and run to those to those young guys who maybe didn't get as much throughout the course of the year and they played well like i remember watching a couple of spurs games in the bubble watching guys like lonnie walker and keldon johnson play and i was like i haven't seen these guys play all year long why haven't they been playing and they were like they were doing pretty well for themselves and then we see them play this year and they're doing they're kind of continuing what they start in the bubble but they're doing even better especially those two guys those two guys are so much yeah. fun to watch they only have five guys that are over the age of 25 and we forgot to mention rudy gay you know what I mean? Yeah. Aldridge, Gay, Mills, DeRozan, and I guess you know Derek White's twenty six. That's for some reason. If the Spurs were to have the wheels fall off before the end, before the trade deadline, that's who the Celtics should look into. It's going to be Gay. Mm-hmm. That's who the Celtics should look into getting as well because he's he's kind of like that same old Harrison Barnes. Well, now I'm rooting against them. You know that'd be great if that happened. I'll take Rudy Gay. Like that would be that would be nice. And sending Ro- send Romeo Langford to the to the Spurs that would be cool. Because then then the Spurs would have like four or five. They might young guards. I mean if. I don't think that would happen. I don't, we, don't, we don't have a vet to send back, but, I mean, you know. Jeff Teague. Oh, yeah, other than Jeff, Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague set his ass on. You know what I mean? Because I think if you take Rudy Gay away from that team, it's a, it's a little too young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just DeRozan, Mills, and Aldridge. Like Derek, Derek White's 26. He's, he's still young. You That's surprising that he – oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, they don't need, you don't even need to trade for, like, a young guy then because they got Derek White too, I, it, yeah. which kind of surprised me. that He's another guy who th- doesn't get a lot of credit around the league too. 29th for, pick. He doesn't get the credit he deserves too because he's a very reliable player and mm-hmm. he's kind of like the same old as you know both 
offense and defensive oriented is just that with so many offensive options around him now, like you know, with Dejounte Murray taking that leap, there he he doesn't have to be as effective on the offensive end anymore. Exactly. But regardless, still they like I said, still a wicked fun team to watch. I'm Spurs, cool. I it's it's <laughs> annoying that I have to like them. Because for years I've grown to just despise him for how many times they've kicked the Suns out of the playoffs in the 2000s. I'll never forgive Robert Horry for what he did, but if Keldon Johnson turns into a superstar, then it'll be all worth it. That's, that's my I put my stock. You in. heard it here first, Keldon Johnson superstar. I'm making he's a lot of hot takes today, man. He'll be an all star. Yeah. he'll be an all star at some point in his career. I think. I just like watching him play. He has he's has such a built frame. Mm-hmm. He's like six. Six, mm-hmm. on the wing plays good defense, but it's the way he drives to the rim, like he just embraces any sort yeah. of contact, like and he just like runs right into it. If you want to talk about guys driving to the rim, I think I don't know if you've watched Zach Levine at all, but that guy just Demon. he does what he wants, man. Like Demon I, time. I really didn't pay much attention to him coming out of college because like oh this kid can dunk. That's put, that's cool. <laughs> Bulls, he's putting the entire team on his back and they're running with him. I know. We they are running with them. They have to play tonight against the Suns. How about that? I should, I'll have to actually watch yeah, that game later on today. No, nah, the Bulls are they're another team that I kinda like too. Like the I really like that Patrick Williams pick. I think that he's you know, he's starting to figure things out throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Um I still don't like it, but just you know, still, two, I'm still not hey, on board. Two each the two each of their own. Right. Um you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do moving forward with like the the big men that they have, like marketing, you know, we don't really know what's gonna come across with him. Um, you know, you guys still have guys like Thaddeus Young, you Carter. Carter Jr. Thaddeus Young is a guy that I would love to have on the Celtics. Yeah, if, I've if, loved if, Thaddeus if Young the, for a long if time. If the if like for some reason they start to implode and they make things available, yeah, they're not gonna give him up. But. I can't. Yeah, and you know they still got Kobe White too. We were talking we were talking about Kobe White the other day. Like you know, I don't know what Kobe White's future necessarily holds in the NBA. Like I don't know what he's projected to be as like a long term option. He's, is he gonna he be honestly like? He's just very one side of the ball, you know. Yeah. I mean? a lot like Zach Levine. I think that's why they have a lot of problems. On it's defense, gonna haunt but... me. It might haunt me in the future to say this, but like I was saying, the other, I was saying this the other day. Like he could be like a guy like a Lou Williams, like a bench, like six man. Insert him. You get thirty minutes a game. That's a, but you that's know, a great comparison. You know what you're getting, like offensive wise from him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. He hasn't been. He hasn't taken like a crazy leap forward this year, but he's been a solid basketball player. Right. He's been, you know, especially on the offensive end, defense. Like we said, because of his frame, and just because of what he comes into the NBA with, like, he's not the most optimal defensive option. And you know what? Like, I like again, I, I don't want to, like, be negative, but, like, what really kills me is that guess how many turnovers a game Zach Levine is averaging? He probably averages, like, at least four. 3.9, yeah. Four. <laughs> well, that's a thing, And Kobe though, White's got two and a half, man. It's just, like, two and a half's not crazy, especially for a young guy like him. But, but I can relate to that Zach Levine thing, though, because You can relate he... to turning the ball over? No, because okay. I... <laughs> I never turn the ball over. I, the only time I've turned the ball over is when the cameras aren't on. Um, <laughs> but when we when we look at Zach Levine, and we could you could kind of compare him to a, a Devin Booker type situation in Phoenix the past couple years. You know, he I understand why he's averaging so many turnovers because he is basically having to I wouldn't say single handedly carry the offense, but like he is he is the team right now. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at when you look and you're watching the Bulls, you're seeing forty four percent every night. Three. Who is getting the ball at the end of the games? It's Zach Levine. Who's blowing the ball in the middle of the games? It's Zach Levine. Three and a half threes. How per many game. how many shots is Levine t- averaging a game? Ten. No, more than that. Oh shit, my bad. That's that's two goals made. So he makes ten of them. He averages almost twenty. That's actually very good shooting too. Yeah. Very good shooting. And they're sitting at like eighth in the conference too. But that's the thing. He's you know, I like when people say, you know, Zach Levine's an abysmal defender too. Of course he's going to be a bad defender. There's he's no using one, all of his energy on offense exactly. because nobody else on the team can replicate And there's also no one really on the team that, you know, plays incredible defense either. Like, you know. It's, it's the same thing, you know. It's the same thing that the, the people have been saying about Devin Booker all these years. It's, you know, he can't play defense. Be like, well, no, duh. Because who else is going to pl- provide the <laughs> offense? Mm-hmm. Do we not remember the times that the Suns got blown up by 50 points when he didn't play? It's because nobody else can do the things that he does on offense. Now it's different. You guys, you have like Chris Paul who can, who can facilitate things a little bit. But if you don't have that go-to facilitator, your team's going to fall in shambles. I think another thing that's worked for the, in the Suns' favor is that Chris Paul has allowed them to figure out how to control the pace. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, they're such a young team. So they're, they're the slowest team in the NBA now. Yeah, but they can also pick it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, like their fast-break offense isn't bad either. So. Whereas you got a team like the Bulls, they can just run. Yeah. A bunch of young guys just booking it down the court. I mean, you got Levine doing what he does in the half. Which is kind of crazy because, you know, you think 
you know, a few years back, you know, with Jimmy Butler and they've had and, and Joe Kim Noah. They've That's had like what I'm they the, their 2010s were the weirdest. You go from yeah. like a Eastern Conference Grizzlies sort of kind of, you know what I mean, in a way yeah. to you know obviously nowhere near they, the big grind. You had, but you had Derek, you had Derek Rose, yeah, and then that whole thing happened to him. And then you had Jimmy Butler all of a sudden come up and kind of like take that reign away from him, and then. Joe Jimmy Butler left, and it was weird because they fleeced the Timberwolves in that Jimmy Butler trade, but it never really amounted to anything, or it hasn't amounted to anything yet. Right. You know whether it's because whether if it's Zach Levine can be the best player on a team that makes it to, like that is a perennial playoff contender, still to be determined. But he's only twenty five, so he still has you know he's still he is, I would say it's arguable that he's just entering his prime right now. Mm-hmm. You know he's still he's, still he's only twenty five, man. He's, yeah, he's got a, he's been in the league for a while too. Yeah. So he's got a couple years to grow. You know. Laurie marketing could be the same assessment. You know, he he's been on the, he's on his fourth year now. You just gotta stay on the court. That's another guy. You know? Marketing hasn't gotten the same, hasn't gotten like the respect I guess he deserved from some of the coaches over the years too. He's been in a little bit of a weird spot where sometimes he's not getting the right amount of playing time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They're the, the it's a, they're another one of those teams that's like they're stuck in a limbo. But they could they, depending on how certain people develop as as like a Patrick Williams or a Kobe White. The future isn't grim though. You no. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like the, really the only bad contract you have is Otto Porter. And so. he's gonna be odd soon. Exactly. So, so if you you know if you invest that money properly into like, into a into a wing defender, you know what I mean? Like that's that's all they should be worried about. To yeah. be honest, so and give her a Felicio too. Yeah, because he he's just clogging up money. So once you get him off, Sadaransky also is making ten mil. But Sadaransky's not horrible. He's decent. So, yeah, he's decent. What's he crazy is, is that Patrick Williams is the sixth highest paid player off of that rookie skill deal. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's just inflation. Right? <laughs> that's nuts. that's inflation. But he's making league. seven mil. Good for him. He's younger than me. He's younger. He's younger than us. He's making like <laughs> like twenty five times the amount. What are we, we doing do? wrong, man? What are we doing wrong? Too much time spent in Boy Scouts. I'll tell you. Should have been on the court. <laughs> I don't want to tie this damn knot. No disrespect to my my Eagle Scouts out there. Super, super pack, super pack, one six five. Yeah, it's a yeah. We should have we should have invested our time otherwise. But it's okay though because we're doing podcasts instead. We're talking about this guy. We're giving him his due props. So it's all worth it in the end. Um, is there any other like trade rumors you think that are like manageable to keep an eye on right now? Because um, I feel like there's not really a lot that's swirling. Aren't the Mavs shopping Porzingis? I've seen that, but I don't know like. Who is gonna? Who wants him? Exactly. Who like? Is, is it arguable to say that that like that that like the the Nixon Mavericks trade that happened a couple years ago? I feel like that's just like such a lose lose now. I don't even what did the, the Knicks, what, what did the Knicks get? They, I gotta look this up. Like, I, they got did they did they even end up get, they got did they get DJ? Is it or did he go with him? I don't know. I don't see. even remember, man. Chris Stapps Porzingis trade. We're gonna look this up again. Uh, as this happened was two years ago. I mean, Porzingis for what he's worth, he's a good player, but it's like it's he his. He's hurt. Uh, he's hurt. Uh, it's weird. It's he's such a weird player to evaluate because like when he's on, <sighs> he's incredible. Yeah. Or it, it, but I wouldn't even I don't even know if he's incredible though. So yeah. the Mavericks, okay, you know what? Never mind though. The Mavericks definitely won this trade because they're not only thinking Porzingis, they got Tim Hardaway Jr. and Tim Hardaway Jr. is actually Trey Burke's also Tim, been Tim Hardaway good. Jr. is pretty decent. Yeah, oof. Knicks. It depends. Who did the Knicks get with the, those first round picks though? I don't even know who the they Knicks. They had a few decent drafts. So did they check? Did, uh, did they? Tra- That's another thing we got to talk about the Knicks and Julius Randle and I. We, I was watching the Knicks play last night. Damn, they put a ton of points on the on the board. R.J. Barrett. They haven't even used any of those picks, or they, or they maybe they must be in the future because they haven't used any of those picks from, from Dallas, or they just haven't conveyed yet, because their most recent picks were Obi Toppin, right? And they had Leandro Balmero, but they traded him because he's an overseas guy. They traded him, and they got the rights. Emmanuel Quickly is good. Quickly's nice. He had a good game the other day too. Now they got D Rose. D Rose is playing. You know, Alec Alfred, Burks, Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton's like, playing too many damn minutes on that team still, but so is Reggie Bullock. Mm-hmm. But give quickly more minutes. Give Frank more minutes, and give Frank McKinley more minutes. He needs more minutes. He's a good ass defender. He needs, Seriously, I don't know why he's in the doghouse. But Randall and Randall's been like that guy on the team though. Randall's been going he's just been nuts. unreal, man. No one was. I don't think I can speak for. Probably every every single Knicks fan saying nobody was expecting Julius Randle to come out and play the way he. Had what to. kills me is that on a couple of my fantasy drafts he was sitting there, man, and I, I thought about it. You know, I, I didn't mean? even. I was like, Julius Randle sucks. <laughs> I thought about. It. I was like, who the hell else is going to score the I, ball? I said, I'm not. I said, I said, I'm not wasting a six round pick on somebody who's going to dribble the ball off their foot five times in one game. 
and that's the thing. Those that's the that's the stuff that he's fixed. He's fixed the stupid stuff. You know, rumbling into the lane and, and turning over the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he's playing better. Eleven rebounds. What's he shooting? Six from three? assists. He's six shooting forty-two percent from three this year. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And he's he's also gotten better at passing out of the lane. You know what I mean? Like everything yeah. is just more calculated. You know, I guess that that comes with age. You know what I mean? But, yeah. But that's and that's a weird thing. Dude, that 2014 draft is producing like a lot of good talent. Like now it's starting to come around this year. It's just showing that you don't want to ever give up too late on a player that's like you know in stuck in that limbo. Like exactly. a guy like that, a guy like Dragon Bender. <laughs> I can understand why the Suns gave up on him because he was not that good. But I mean, like a guy like Julius Randle, he's been decent all these years, yeah. and he's now like now he's really started putting it together. Doug he had those McDermott. couple of really good seasons with the Pelicans. Yeah. And now he's really started putting it together. You could say the same thing for Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is doing the same thing this year. Dougie Zach Levine is doing the same thing this year. TJ Warren started doing that last year. He's been hurt this year, but TJ Warren was on that same development path. Bogdan, Kyle Anderson. He's another one. You Kyle remember, you remember Mitch one. McGarry? Remember that Mitch guy? McGarry, I do remember him. <laughs> Mitch McGarry, he did nothing in the NBA. Rest in peace. The, but the sort of players like him, they're like, all right, yeah, he's not. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, he's another one too. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, he was a little bit of a late bloomer. He he didn't come up right away. Unreal. Took him like two, took him like three or four seasons in the NBA to really start making a mark on it. Right. You know. Jordan Clarkson, is that right? Yeah, Jordan Clarkson wow. was in that draft too. Yeah, that yeah, that 2014 draft is starting to look because also this guy named Jokic. Have you ever heard of him? Nah, never. <laughs> probably, probably some probably some is nobody. He- I hope they start winning again, man. I really liked when he, when people were talking about him as an MVP candidate. Like, yeah, put some respect on my boy's name. But it was Doncic at the end of the, the beginning of the year. Everyone was like, Luka Doncic yeah. win. But then it turned into like Maverick LeBron and Bead and Jokic. Like the big man is back, you know. But the big man is back. Yes, yeah, I it, would agree with you. That. Know what I mean? You it really to... should have never gone away. You can dominate inside as long as you can get the hell out the way when it's when it's time to but make space. But I also think that you need to, if you're gonna be a big man, you also need to be able to shoot. Because of today's game, you need to be able to. Mm. I wouldn't even say shoot, because like some big men, like Rudy Gobert, can get away. Have with some shooting. sort of touch though. Yeah, but you need to also be able to de- defend on the perimeter. Yeah, that's a big thing because the oh, the NBA kind of revolves. And Rudy Gobert. Is Gobert sure is hell good at he, that. He, you you need to have a guy. Add the mail. Add the mail's good. Add the- <laughs> You need to have a guy who's like a reliable defender, um, and be able to go out on the perimeter at least a little bit. You don't have to be an insane defender. Or Why like do that. you think Al Horford's career has lasted this long? You because know what I mean? Because he's been able to adapt. Exactly. Like certain players are le- have learned. Certain players learn what when the ties are changing. You know, mm-hmm. okay, I need to adapt. Like Jokic when he entered the league, like he was a three. He, he knew that he was gonna have to adapt. And become a little bit more of like a more well-rounded player. He's just like my. He's just so my favorite player to watch, man. He's just he's, he's incredible. He's incredible. You know, and that's a, that's the thing. Especially like when he flips off the Clippers team, but <laughs> you go back, he's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> when he moans into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that had to be like, what was that about? Seriously, what's going through his head? That man sounded like Chewbacca. But that man sounds like another Chewbacca. another disappointment is it's kind of been the Hawks. You know what I mean? I think yeah, that's I don't I talk really, about is, I don't really know what's going on with them. Honestly, you, you spend all this money to bring in guys. I really think they brought in the wrong guys. You know what I mean? Like, I think that some of it has to do with their coaching. I don't think that Lloyd Pierce is the answer for the coach. Yeah, and I don't, and some of it is injuries because DeAndre Hunter being out right now really hurts. Oh, yeah. he's he, been they were they were winning so when he was playing. Well. Man, he's playing so he was, well. He was averaging thirty two minutes a game. Like that's. He was playing so well too. Seventeen. Bogdanovich is hurt two. too. You gotta remember Bogdanovich is hurt. I know, but I guess you're right. Yeah. I guess Gallo missed a little bit of time. Yeah. I, that I guess that's the problem. You know what I mean? It's just just guys have been banged up. But they they're in a, they're in a weird spot. I mean they they still have they still have a lot of talent on. But I team. I liked what I saw from Cam Reddish and definitely what I liked um definitely liked what I saw from DeAndre Hunter too. Kevin Herter has been good, so. And the only thing, I mean, although a lot of people right now are saying Trey Young was snubbed from the All-Star game. No, he was not. He was not. Any player, his form of flailing to the officials has gotten <laughs> so old. I mean, the, dis- is the difference between old. him and Zach Levine is like, you know, same same prototype, really. Obviously, very different players, but, you know, offensively inclined, right? Mm-hmm. The difference is that the Hawks are 11th and the Bulls are 7th. And, like, you know. It's also that... Even though there's only one and a half games between yeah. them, but <laughs> it's just oh, watching Trey Young just flail into a defender every time that he goes down the court is the most. It's it's very obviously you know it's reminiscent of Harden, but I've, it's almost. But worse. Harden's slick with it, you know what I mean? Harden's like, really slick with yeah, it, like that's what I'm saying. Like, Trey Young is just that. itching his back out, and so he said the other day that because Steve Nash made a comment about it, and he said you know Nash used to do the same thing back in his day. 
Nash averaged four free throws per game for the tours of his entire career. That's crazy. How many is Trey Young averaging <laughs> oh just God. this year alone? Because I mean, it's probably damn near double digits. All right, let me check it out. If not, it is in the double digits. It has to be close. Those attempted, yeah, ten. My point proven. Yeah. You are doing this uh, so much more often. It's it's even better when he doesn't get the call and he starts whining to the officials. That's a lot of things he's doing. And like, and not to be like a guy who's a hater or anything like that, but like, he does he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. He does that a lot. And I think Luca was doing it a lot, but I think he's starting to calm down a little bit too. And now he kind of took a step back and realized he's like, all right, like I'm doing a little bit too much. Maybe I need to calm down with it a little bit. Right. Because I've been I was been you know when I watch the Mavericks I do notice that a lot, but recently it's gotten a little bit better. Um. But with Trey Young, it's different though. I think Trey Young is it's I don't really and the know. rest of his game is so fun to watch. That's like that's that's yeah, a shame. It is. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it is. Aside from anything he does defensively. Yeah, exactly. But I think for the people, he's that, just he's a poor man's Curry, dude. Like I, it really <laughs> is. But I I like I like I don't think that he should have been an All Star consideration. I mean, he, uh, don't get me wrong. He what he's doing is you know yeah great very, stats, very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. But the, we had that same knack against him last year, where his you know. Where everyone was like, "Wow, he's an all-star starter!" Like no one, no one was really expecting him to be that type of all-star. He's starter. four boards a game, being six one, one eighty. That's 180. super surprising. <laughs> that's but crazy. that just happens. Like sometimes those boards just go flying around, and you just they boop, pick it up. Yeah, if the big man misses it, you're right there. Like okay, like I think I like I think he's definitely an all-star talent. I just think with the other players that were paired up against him, I think that other players are more deserving this year than Trey Young. Yeah, I'd agree. Like I would have taken, I would have put Zach Levine in because of how much he not only has his team. I wouldn't even say play better because really, realistically, he they haven't been playing much better than the yeah. Hawks. But I think that Zach Levine's game has gotten better, and I think that Trey Young's not that Trey Young's hasn't, but I think that Tra- Zach Levine has had more, maybe more impactful, I guess. For sure. Uh, it's a weird. It's kind of weird to explain. It's kind of weird to explain. No, I get it. But do you have any other teams or players you want to discuss before we wrap it up? Let me check, check, check. Um. That was it, man. Other than Mike Conley getting snubbed, but you think Conley got snubbed from the All Star game? Yeah, he's just never made it, man. Like <laughs> the poor guy. But then again, like if if he makes it, then you have three Jazz players on the All Star team. Ugh. Like wasn't didn't um didn't four Hawks players make it one year though? Or am I making yeah, that? Yeah, but that was also in the Eastern Conference when, back when the Eastern Conference oh was like at the God. Eastern Conference. Yeah, shout out that era if anybody remembers 2014, that. 2014, 2015, <laughs> Atlanta, 2015. But oh, that was yeah. A, I, that was I guess I guess that's the only thing. But I was listening to um the Bill Simmons podcast, and, and he he called. He said that it's almost good that Mike Conley misses it because then Mike Conley's like the best guy to never make an All Star game. Almost <laughs> he probably is. That's he's he's gonna be up there. He's that's gonna be one saying. of the best players to never make an All Star game. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because he's been such a reliable player for so many years. Aside from I said last year, he had a pretty mm-hmm. bad year. But aside from, he's had been such a very reliable player throughout the course of the year. The fact that he hasn't gone to an All-Star game is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's averaged over 20 points a game twice. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not like, like a disrespect thing, too. Like, it's not that people are disrespecting him. It's just more like, there's just other guys that are just better. Like, it's not, and like, not a slight against him, but there's like. just so many good guards. Especially especially when you're talking about point guards in the yeah. West. Like, you're talking, mm-hmm. you know, you got Damian Lillard, you got Steph Curry, you got Chris Paul. Those are just three right there. Mm-hmm. You know, then we're kind of talking about your just guards in general. You're adding Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, and that's you know five guys that are all star caliber type players. Not even Luka, mentioning guys. Ja. Not even mentioning a guy like Ja Morant who didn't make it this year. De'Aaron Fox didn't make it this year. Mm-hmm. Shea Gilgeous Alexander didn't make it this year. Yeah. Even other guys like D'Angelo Russell who have made it in the past who are like pretty decent, <laughs> but like obviously wasn't gonna make it this year. But yeah. like you know. You got guys like him. Let's just take a look in the Western Conference, for example. PG, if you want to count him as a guard, you know what I mean. I wouldn't count him as a guard, but you know he's still one of those All-Star caliber players. Mm-hmm. CJ McCollum, yeah, you know CJ McCollum's right up there. Even the Spurs, DeRozan, even though technically DeRozan is like a power forward now. There's, there's just a lot, you know what I'm saying. Jabal Murray, yeah, you know you got Pelicans. I mean the Pelicans just have a bunch of like players all together that have talent but I'm just waiting for you to mention Lonzo but Lonzo's not an all-star <laughs> Lonzo is not an all-star Lonzo's cool but he ain't an all-star I don't know why real quick I, actually I do want to wrap this up with one one more thing I do want to wrap this up Lonzo? I know okay. I want to talk about LaMelo I want to talk about the Hornets because okay. the, the Hornets are weird that's shout, out, shout out Gordon Hayward Gordon <laughs> that's what I'm saying the Celtics are use a guy like Gordon Hayward right now 
like, it's, <laughs> don't even know, like, they could have, I'm not wrong. We just, ne- like, we saw that version of him for, like, a week, and, like, the first week of the bubble, we saw that, and that was it, yep. you know what I mean? It's just unlucky. Yep. It's, it's not his fault, it's not our fault, man. Yeah, Hornets are cool. Uh, I like that, that, that Hornets, that Terry Rozier, that Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier combo is coming, that's, like, shades. And it doesn't shades. even matter that Devontae Graham is in, like, a slump this year. Like, he's, he's only shooting 35% from the field. Yeah. And the mellow balls, like he's he's going to be rookie of the year. As much as I love Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton's so much fun to watch. But the mellow balls, fifteen six and six. Even fucking Malik Monk the other night had thirty on the Suns. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, this guy drops like thirty points every ten games, and he does it against he, like course it's against the Suns. A guy, Miles Bridges, Cody is fun. Zeller has just been rock solid, consistent Zeller, for his Zeller's career. Zeller's like man. that <laughs> double digit ten ten guy. Yep. You know, PJ Washington's a pretty good player. Miles Bridges and Lamelo have that. Dope chemistry. I mean, always seeing them on, on highlights and stuff like that. They're fun to watch. That's a that's a fun team. I don't know how much. I don't. That's a league pass team. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're they are a league pass team. I don't think that they're gonna amount to much. But when Bismack Biombo checks in, turn the channel. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When you see Bismack Biombo in, now they don't have Nick Batum anymore. I'll say Nick Batum too. But Nick Batum is actually solid on the on the Clippers. But uh, yeah, no. Which is interesting. You would think that he'd be better on on a team where he's has like more of a role, like yeah. the Hornets. You know what I no, mean? No, I like, agree with that. Like I get the change of scenery thing, but I just I agree with that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, kind of like the same way that people think that Carson Wentz started to bring football, but Carson Wentz is gonna work on the Colts. Like yeah. he just didn't have like a horrible season. Like he didn't get benched for Jalen Hurts. Like I get it's a coaching thing, but you know it's kind of like no, that. I, I agree with that. I but. think, but it's they're. They're interesting. I like I said, they're they're sitting at what seventh or eighth right now. Don't know how much that's gonna, you know. Like I said, just because of what's gonna happen down the line, I could see teams like the Raptors, the Celtics. You know, we, we, the there's, Heat, there's no way to tell right the now. The Raptors, Celtics, <laughs> Heat. I feel like you know, just based off of the teams that they have, eventually they're gonna start taking off, and then you know, once they once some of those guys get fully healthy down the road too, they'll For be sure. they'll be better off down the road. Don't know where it's gonna leave teams like the Knicks, the Bulls, the Hornets, those like middle of the pack teams. But the Heat? Did you say the Heat? Like, I think the Heat. The Heat will. They'll eventually. The Pacers. There's, there's just the Pacers are still 500. Yep. It's a wait and see. Like it's just it's too close to call right now. I, the Pacers are interesting too. If they get Lavert and um, when they get Lavert and TJ back, that's that's mean they're gonna be good to watch, dude. Yeah, it's a fun know. time. It's they're, a fun they're time. They're five hundred without those guys. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's a fun time in the NBA. There's a lot of like competitive. There's a lot of competitiveness that's going on here. You don't really uh, know what to expect, I guess, because everyone's like there's a lot of teams that are just sitting in that five hundred limbo. So we're just waiting for a couple of teams to kind of break out. But if that's the case, it's going to really make for not only a really good postseason, but it's going to make for a very, very exciting end of the season to see who fights and gets in those playoff spots. Let's let's end it off with our um, our championship predictions right now. Right now, midway through the right season? Right now, right now. Oh, God. Who's the winner? Don't think about it. Just just tell me your gut. I want, I, like, oh, don't. Oh. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I'll let you go first. Because I want, I'm going to if you let me go first, I'm going to say something that's going to be... You're gonna say Phoenix. I'm gonna say I like I want to say Phoenix. <laughs> I really do. But that's mainly because I'm a diehard Suns fan. But I like the, the Suns have been playing such a complete level of basketball. Yeah. I'll let you go first. Though. I'll let you go first. Honestly, if I had to say right now, I'm just gonna go Lakers, man. You know, like I hate to be boring. I hate to do that, but I'm not gonna go with the Lakers. And here's the reason why: it's because I don't know what the status of Anthony Davis is gonna be. That's why I, I have really. That. That's why I have a really tough time picking of yeah. who the champion's gonna be. Cause like I could go with someone in the East, but that would completely discredit everything I just said for like the first first thirty minutes of this. <laughs> the so Lakers I have lost that. four without Anthony Davis. Exactly. So maybe, maybe I should rethink. But that's that. the thing though, and I don't know what Anthony Davis is gonna be like when he comes back. Because are they gonna try to rush him back? If they do. Do the Lakers have an injury with a uh, history with Achilles injuries? It, cough, cough. Kobe dude, Bryant. <laughs> I guess you're right. It could be this. It's just it's wide open, man. It's like like I don't believe in the Clippers, the Jazz. I don't know. You know, I don't, believe, I, I don't just think anybody from the East right is gonna win as great as 76ers and the Nets are. You know, the Bucks. Giannis, take yeah. a walk, bro. Like, come on. I don't want to say the Suns because they haven't had any playoff experience yet, so I don't. I won't say them because I mean, it's much of a fan of them. I don't want to say them. I'm just. I'm, just, just I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna lock in Lakers with LeBron. I'm gonna. I'm gonna you lock in Lakers. Though. Yep. You lock in Lakers. I'm locked in. I don't care. Eighty or not. I, I feel bad. I shouldn't have ever said anything about that Eastern Conference at the beginning of this because I'm like very tempted to choose Brooklyn. Right. That's that's who I almost defaulted to. I'm too, very close I'm to choosing I'm Brooklyn. I'm gonna stick with my gut. Eighty or not, losing streak. I don't care. Um. I'm gonna go. 
I'm gonna go with say the Jazz right now. Okay. I'm gonna say the Jazz. All right. I like that. I'm gonna keep with the Jazz for a little bit, and then we'll see how it looks. But like right now, the Jazz, like we've been saying. I'm sure I'll be eating my words in a month. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be doing the same thing. Like I said at the beginning of the season, I said Bucks and and Nuggets in the finals. I think. <laughs> This man just spilled all the plates. I just, I just spit out my water. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, that's why I had the beginning of the season. Or no, I'm sorry. I, I had Bucks Lakers at the beginning of the season. Not last year. I had Bucks Nuggets. I had Bucks Lakers at the beginning of the season. So, I don't know. But like we said, very interesting time in the NBA. There's a lot of uncertainty going around. A lot of teams that are just like in that limbo stage, just waiting to see who breaks out of that. But it does make for an exciting time. Um, as we approach the the hour part of the podcast i think it's a good point to wrap it up here before our computer's short circuit from the water that i just spit all over him so that and between that and the dying battery because i forgot my charger like a smart one we're professional and prepared as always as always here on the scorching hot podcast thank you as always for tuning in and listening uh we got some more content coming up the way hotstreetsports.net watch out for my tom brady article yeah hopefully it goes better than the uh the kansas city article that was posted I'm going to stick up for myself. We're not done yet. I'm just I'm just saying, whoever's out there, <laughs> Andy Reid, if you're listening, if you had done what I had told you to do, you might have had a chance. You should have known that no one's going to be open. Just saying. Should have just, just subbed. Yep. Don't make the same mistake Andy Reid did. Go ahead. Subs- subscribe to HotStreetSports.net. Make sure you keep updated for future episodes of Scorching Hot Podcast. Until next time, Jake Reno, Dylan Delaney, we are both out of here.